And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds in one accord to draw closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. First, in Ezra's prayer, he confesses the sins of the people in their engagement with God for the nation of Israel. While the current foreign policy for many nations is to bribe other countries to love them. The biblical plan has nothing to do with that. It's a global economy if you understand that there's a demonic approach for a one-world government, and Jesus taught against that. Next, let's think about the simplicity of the commands of God. Don't eat the fruit. (laughs) Excuse me, this is so... Don't eat the fruit. Got it. Much more like uh, it was much more like, like a, probably a pomegranate than an apple, but that's a whole separate thing. Uh, if you if you don't eat the fruit, you won't die spiritually and then physically if you just don't eat the fruit. Instead, you can have fellowship with me forever, the Lord. So you can be in this beautiful and peaceful garden. Of course, there's things to be avoided, but the right action and the right attitude before the Lord brings His blessings. Still, people go after the curse. And finally, spank, spank, ouch, ouch. Come on, Dad, that hurts. But as we have mentioned before, the discipline of the Lord is far less than we deserve. If we defy our Creator, we deserve destruction. Do you hear that? If we defy our Creator, we deserve destruction. Are you still living? Well, then you received far less than you deserve. So let's live in that righteous attitude and not in the one that boasts we are entitled. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Some of you are barely surviving. Some of you are just living, and a few of you out there, you're prevailing. More fun to prevail, isn't it? It certainly is. Uh, Politics, entertainment, and current events, boo. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanity is an oive. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Nobody needs to know who you are. You can stay anonymous. That's fine. We don't hunt down your numbers. It's okay. It's all just coming to my phone right here. And then you can call us at 972-445-0770. When you do that, when you call 972-445-0770, you get Cat and Chris. He's the one that picks up the phone. You know you're sailing in the right direction. 
is a nice guy. And that's what she's like. Good, I like talking to nice people. There you go. Here's what you get to do these things for. You can either reach out by email, reach out by text, reach out by phone call. Very simple. If you have a question, a thought, if you have something you want to share, if there's something going on and you would like prayer for it, if there's something you want to share with your brothers and sisters about praise, giving acknowledgement to something that God has done in a wonderful fashion. It doesn't have to be through this show. It could be through anything that the Lord has done. Anytime God has done something great, you should share it. Okay? I'm just telling you, you should do that. But the idea is to do it here with your brothers and sisters. You also have an opportunity, by the way, to do that for something called Bible trivia. Oh, what, what kind of Bible trivia? Okay. Well, that's a fair enough question. Here we go. Who was described as a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time? Who was described as that? A righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. What Old Testament person was given that acknowledgement by the Lord? Again, if you know, you're welcome to call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at org. And then don't forget to go to our website, hemustincrease.org, a place that you can not only give, but hopefully is somewhat of a blessing for you. Check out hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right, let me give you one more uh, definition on that trivia question because some people are like, well, I need more info. Okay. Who was described as a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God? If that made it easier, I'm impressed. But if you think you know the answer, reach out to us. Let us know. Tell us what you think. If not, we will do our best to remember. Okay, we will do our best to remember (laughs) before the end. Uh, Keep thinking of the theme that I asked, like maybe prior to this question, what the theme is there. Uh, where we were heading for the first trivia question. All right. The other thing to remember is the show, it's pretty much it's open. You know, it's not professional radio. It's just radio. All right. So you can call and you can talk. We can converse, whatever, pray, you know, laugh about something, cry about something else. Bottom line is the show is a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. So enjoy it as much as it can. If the Lord speaks to you about anything through the process or encourages you, hang on to that. And if you don't like some of this stuff, then, you know, don't worry about it. You're not required to agree with everything I think. I don't agree with me 10 years ago. If I saw me 10 years ago, I know exactly what I'd tell me. Less snicker bars. That's what I'd tell me. <laughs> and then oh, watch the water in the, in the, in the shower area. That'd be the other thing I would tell me. Uh, do we have somebody that's going to answer? Okay, here we go. Leaning over. This is David. Who am I talking to? Well, this is Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Now I got to tell you, this this is really challenging because I've gotten a bunch of texts, and the texts are not all correct, which really surprises me. So I'm hoping you can pull this off for us. Who was described in the Old Testament? A righteous man, uh, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Who was that? Um, I'm just guessing. Is it Noah? Yes! That is it! Ah! <laughs> 
Excellent job. So it's very much like a description for Enoch, but it's not Enoch, it's Noah. Noah's considered blameless oh. and upright. He's a perfect job. That was perfect. No, at first, I thought it was Abraham, but then when you gave the clue, I go, oh, okay, no, it wasn't him. Yeah, that, and that was kind of tricky. You know, it'd be like the next question is going to be a little tricky, a little funnier tricky, but good job, Deborah. Excellent work. That's really, really good. Hey, David. Yeah. I have a question. Sure. If you could answer, it's just pretty simple. Okay, in Genesis, it says that when Cain. Uh, left the Garden of Eden, he went to Nod and took a wife. Where did the wife come from? Yeah, I think we, I don't know if you and I had talked about this before or not, but when you're talking about Cain and Abel and their wives, there's an idea that, and this is a false idea, but there's an idea that biblically it was Adam and Eve, then Cain and Abel, and it was just those four. Okay, and it was like that is not. There's nothing in scripture that says that. There's a much greater belief that there was. Uh, I don't want to say crossbreeding, but I guess that's really the only way to say it. There were multiple children. If you look at the Old Testament, there's multiple children that happened for people throughout ages, and we're not. You know, I, I understand that some people disagree that Adam and Eve weren't first, or that there were other people planted, and I understand. But I'm going to just go with the information I have, and the information that I see in scripture is. Adam and Eve were the first, and everything and everybody had to come from them. That's that's kind of how I view that. But it's not a hill for me to die on. It's just one of those, that's what I see it. I see it as Adam and Eve, and then they had more children, and it was much more likely, just like they did in the patriarchs, for the people to marry, intermarry within the families. But that's just my take. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You got it. Not a problem. And, and again, you don't I have to agree with that. I hope this doing better. Yeah. Yeah, my leg is <laughs> – thank you for bringing that up. I'm doing better. I'm able to walk around a little bit, and I don't get to say to Noel, I need this, I need this, I need this, because as much. So so you can tell I'm getting better because I don't get to get away with things anymore. <laughs> All right, well, y'all have a good afternoon. All right, thanks, Deborah. God bless you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, I want to do this. Let me read this. Do we have anything else we got to cover? Right. And again, see, you know, and I like that Deborah asked this. See, some people have a really different, and, and I'll just, we'll just do, do over the next slide. Some people have a really different perspective on how Genesis was. Was it solar days? Was it actual days? And there's there's huge arguments. I don't think that those arguments are bad arguments. I think they're they're interesting. I think they're fascinating. They're never a reason to not fellowship. Okay. In other words, if somebody thinks there were literal 24-hour periods uh, the first seven days, fine. And you should stand by that. And if that's your conviction, you should not move upon that. If a person believes, well, I think it's you know probably modeled after that, and because there was no sun and moon to have a solar day uh, in the first four days, maybe that came about afterwards. Fine. That's great. I mean, I don't think any of those things should ever impact your heart or your willingness to love and to bless and to be an encouragement to one another. And what's important about that is some things in the Scripture we get to kind of poke around in and go, what's that? What's that? I don't get it. What's that? And then there's other things that are immovable, like Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by him. When you find something that somebody disagrees with you in and it's got nothing to do with a a major priority issue or Scripture, smile. Put your arm around them. Say, I love that you think different than me. That's how you should that's how you should approach it. All right, we're gonna take our break and come back and then we'll get into Ezra. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM seven seventy, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple, and there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media, and on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section, and it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video, but you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable, but it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. What is the David Spoon Experience? Then he says this, don't be afraid. Why should you not be afraid? Because what fear does is immobilizes a person, stops them from moving forward, and it also eats away at faith. Fear has this way. It's kind of like if you think of faith as, uh, I'll do this now, as uh, uh, chocolate ice cream that has peanut butter in it, okay? Uh, That's faith, okay? Fear is like somebody drilling a hole underneath and then taking a little spoon and then pulling some of that faith down, a little scoop by scoop by scoop by scoop. And you don't want your faith reduced because God requires faith to us to engage with him in. That's his requirement. That's the vehicle by which he has chosen to engage with humanity. You don't think God could have said, it's me, you're going to believe, or I'm going to turn you into a fish. I mean, you don't think God could have done that? But he chose the vehicle of faith because that's what he wanted from those that would come to him. A confidence, an assurance in the goodness of God. So Jesus, the first thing he says, ignore it, don't be afraid of it. And then he does this one radically crazy, nutsy, cuckoo line, just believe. And we use that in movies and in books and in fairy tales and all that stuff. We're not talking about any of that stuff. This is believing, looking at a situation just like Abraham did, just like we talked yesterday, how Abraham looked at the circumstance, didn't deny he was old, didn't deny he was past childbearing, and said, I'm just going to believe God anyway. Uh, That attitude of just believe, it's taking a stand in the framework of your faith that says, I'm not moving. Here I am. Call me Bulldog. I'm right here. I'm not going nowhere. My faith is solid. Sometimes Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station, which is also KAAM, the Truth Station, right here in Texas. Uh, Getting ready to do our next trivia question. It's kind of fun. I like the way that we... And I love that people, I mean, see, to me, I'm going to say this, it's got to be really nice. I love, like, the diversity of thought. The reason I have a master's degree from a Pentecostal and, I'm, and I finished all of my base, I'm down to my very last project for my doctorate in, uh, in a Baptist organization, I love both schools of thought. They're just, there's so many brilliant people on all sides. They're all your brothers and sisters. 
It's the one that claims that claim to be Christians that then do everything that is opposite of what a Christian would do. That's not as different. Okay. All right. Uh, you want to play the horn for this one? This is gonna be a little horn one right here. Here, do that. All right, Tower of Babel. Before the Tower of Babel was built, how many languages were there in the world? I don't know what that is. Why don't you, why don't you play that Bible trivia sound? What is that one? Bible trivia. <laughs> so funny. How many languages uh, were in the world before the Tower of Babel was built? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemusincrease.org. Doesn't seem to be, it seems to me like we're right back where we were before the surgery. Is that pretty accurate? We're not that far off, right? I mean, I walk with a little bit of a, a limp. <laughs> I can tell you what the big challenge has been for me, just so you, you know. If you keep your leg in one position, like they're, like they're just like normally if you're sitting, you'll keep your leg in a position. If you just keep it in that position, after about 30 minutes, your leg reminds you, hey, I'm not comfortable. <laughs> so move me around. That's the difference. I mean, because then you can just feel the. The pressure on, so I just thought it's your level. All right, somebody's calling in. They're going to go ahead and uh, I think they're going to go ahead and uh, give an answer. And uh, then I have a couple of unique jokes because that's uh, what I'm prone to do. Uh, somebody for the answer? Okay, that's far away. This is David. Who am I talking to? This brother, brother Ace. Uh, hey, Brother David, Ace. Good to talk to you, buddy. Great to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm blessed. Very blessed. Very blessed. Amen. Very blessed. Amen. I'd love to hear it. All right, so this this is a pretty funny but interesting question. Before the Tower of Babel, how many how many different languages were there before the Tower of Babel? I think it was just one. That is correct. You're right. There's one language. That's right. The Lord's and so that's why that's amazing when you take the Tower of Babel and can connect that to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. So in the Tower of Babel, when God is opposed to it, they have a division of the of the things that are being said. But when God is for it, there's a unification of all the languages into one common sense. Yeah, you know that's a that's an interesting uh, situation. You know when they pulled the fish out of the out of the sea and they had 153, which kind of relates to the nations that are in the world today. Uh, but, you know, he put everybody in a certain territory. In other words, he put Africans where they belong. He put the Jewish people. He put the Swedes where they were. And, uh, you know, I've always believed that everybody should, wherever their nationality is, they should just stay in their territory. They can go visit other nations, but, you know, moving to other people. I just, uh, you know, it's like, to me, it's a conflict of uh, uh, nationalities and their uh, their ways that they live and are taught how to live. But anyway, I guess it's interesting. Yeah, and what's what's fascinating about what you said is that's actually part of the teaching that comes from Ezra. It's it's not that you can't engage with one another, but what Israel did was, and we're going to see this in a second, they engaged with the wrong people. Uh, yeah. I don't want to say kowtowing, but maybe kowtowing is the way to say it, and, and uh, paid bribes and everything else. And I was like, that became a real problem. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's, that's, they, yeah they, uh, Yahweh was trying to keep uh, his Israelite people 
from a corrupting their lineage, and that's the reason he didn't want yeah. intermarrying with other nations that aren't of Israel. Yeah, they, they, their, and they blew it. They blew it big time, and that there's no question mm-hmm. about that. And uh, yeah. you know, it's, uh, people that don't read that, they just don't want to read it. Oh, that's not there. Well, yes, it is. He says this, and we'll go into that after I give my famous jokes. We'll go into that. So. <laughs> oh. well, well you uh, you got a you got a handle on it so uh, that's good and um we appreciate your ministry all right god bless you bro you too all right. take care all right bye-bye um, all right you cannot tell me this is not funny this for there's two of them okay you ready <laughs> you got the buzzer ready you're just ready aren't you all right just, 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 just listen to how funny this one is. This is just called the history of medicine. It's just like five lines. It was pretty funny. 2000 BC, when you got an earache. 2000 BC. Here, eat this root. Okay, that's the solution. 1000 BC. That root is heathen. Say this prayer. Okay. 1850 AD. That prayer is superstition. Drink this potion. Okay, nine nineteen forty A.D. That po- potion is snake oil. Swallow this pill. All right, nineteen eighty five. That pill is ineffective. Take this antibiotic. Year two thousand. That antibiotic is artificial. Here, eat this root. <laughs> Come on, it's just like wait, didn't we start off at the root and go? Oh. <laughs> I just thought that was genius. It's very funny. All right, then here's the last thing. And if you get offended at this, just change the channel. I mean, that's probably the easiest thing I can tell you. Father O'Malley was driving uh, down to Boston when he got stopped for speeding in Medford. The highway patrolman officer smelled alcohol on the priest's breath and then saw an empty wine bottle on the floor of the car. He said, Father, have you been drinking? Only water, replied Father O'Malley. The policeman asked, then how come I smell wine? The priest looked at him and looked at the bottle and said, he's done it again. (laughs) (laughs) I've told that joke before, but it's funny. (laughs) He's done it again. Water in the wine. Okay. See, for those that didn't catch that, I I can't help He's done it again. <laughs> All right, let's go to the text. Get mad at me later. Ezra chapter 9. Uh, this is, I think, verse uh, 12, 11, 12. This is like verse 11 or 12. Uh, to let our sons and daughters, uh, not to let our sons and daughters marry their daughters and their sons, and not to help those nations in any way who were against us. The way that the children of Israel were commanded to come out from the desert into their into their was to keep themselves aware that certain nations are not to be friends. You're not to be friends with everybody. The Bible says Jesus didn't entrust himself to man because he knew what was in man. In other words, he died for everybody, but he also knew that there would be betrayers and unfaithful people. Keep in mind, Jesus chose the 12. He already knew that Judas was going to be unfaithful and betray him. He still did it because he was willing to sacrifice. But the teaching that comes from Ezra is, you know, there's some some relationships with some nations. You don't need it. That's not a good thing. It's not a, a good thing to, to, to bring them into your bedroom, so to speak, and be so cozy with them, especially if their ultimate goal is much more devious and they're trying to kill you. It's like, so you, what are you going to do? Give them access to everything you have? 
For those that don't know, this exact sin was judged about six different times with the kings of Israel. Remember the king who showed the people everything? Ahab showed them everything? And then he was judged for it. Why? Well, Because he's just trying to cozy up with the wrong people. And it's like, look, I'm not telling you not to love people. You should love, you should love everybody. But if there's somebody that's out to literally try to destroy your faith, are you, are you supposed to be the kind of person that says, well, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, be best friends with them no matter what, even though they're trying to kill me and my children. Joy pointed out that was Hezekiah. That wasn't a uh, good, good catch, Joy. I, I missed on that one. But the idea behind this is to understand that there are some people you do need to be protected from. There's some, uh, when, when they have, I, I, I got to be super careful here. When Harvard University just put in charge of their divinity counseling an atheist, that's off the rails. Okay, that's it. Sorry. Oh, but it's Harvard. It's Harvard University. Well, that just shows me that Harvard's really stupid. That's what it shows me because the scripture absolutely forbids that. Yeah, they don't care. Well, he will appeal to all people. <laughs> no, he won't. No, he won't. And even this, the, pe- the people that are in the Divinity School are like going, what? What? Why? Because they're doing it to try and show that they're inclusive. Well, guess what? Not everybody's going to heaven. That's as exclusive as you can get. <laughs> Not, remember, wide is the road to destruction. Narrow is the path to people that make it. You think, well, that's not fair. That's not right. Oh, well, you didn't create life. It's not up to you. And so the, the, I think one of the things that Ace was bringing up is you know, some relationships you got to be careful with. And sometimes in our country, we want to have friendships with people. We want to be connected. But I don't know if you've ever lived in a neighborhood where there's that one neighbor that you know you shouldn't be friends with because you know as soon as you leave your house, he's stealing your car. <laughs> That's not the thing you want to do. I think you get where I'm going with that. I want you to be legalistic about it, but be aware. I mean, you could be aware of your son. One of the things I tell Noel every day that she goes, so we pray together every day. And, you know, as she's going, I tell her, be aware of what's going on around you. Because there's things going on. I mean, the enemy hates you. And if he could destroy your life or crush your life, he will absolutely do so. You understand that? That's superbly important. Careful with who you're friends with, okay? Bible says that uh, confidence in an unfaithful man is like a broken tooth or a foot out of joint. It's a bad idea. Okay? All right. Take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon experience. They wanted to know what I thought of him. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his BA degree in ministry and leadership, as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a Ph.D. program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. 
If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. What is the David Spoon experience? You get into the Word of God and something's going to happen that will blow your mind. Ready? The law of the Lord is perfect, Psalm 119.7 says, able to restore the soul. And I've been in I've been doing this for a long time, and in my 42 and a half years of devotions and in my diligent devotion time, I kind of separate that between the two. I cannot tell you, it must be thousands of times where my attitude has been, and then I've went into the Word of God, and I came out different. It wasn't anything that I did as much as God speaking into me what he knows about his creation. And so I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you, even if you've been a Christian for 50 years, for 60 years, nay, for 70 years, like the Apostle John was on the island of Patmos, be in the Word of God. It is alive. And it will give life and impart life to you through God's Spirit. People come and they read the Word of God, and they're like, well, I get nothing out of it. Well, they don't mix it with faith. And the Word of God, the promises of God not mixed with faith are useless because you have to be engaged with God and know he's going to speak. And people are like, well, that's a, that's a lot of requirement for me to get in there and read the Word of God. You want me actually to believe that God's going to speak to me? Yes, because he will And if you don't, you won't hear them. So when you open up that book, take 30 seconds, more than you ever have before, and say, just in this moment, just at this time, tune me in, Lord. Help me to hear what you have to say. Speak to me and let your word breathe life into me. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Now, let's get ready for this next trivia question. I know some people are upset. They're like, Dave, you can't teach like stuff like that that way. Uh, I, I'm just reading. All my material is at least 2,000 years old. If you don't like it, I suggest you take it up with God. <laughs> By the way, let me know how that goes. Uh, Here's your next trivia question. Fill in the missing word. God said this. He said this to Cain. Your brother's blank is speaking to me. Your brother's. Oh, he said that to Cain. Yes. Your brother's. Is speak to me. If you think you know the answer, you can what call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. And then you can also send an email, David, at he must increase.org. I have in my hand history, history, history. You ready for history? Let's go live in the past. Let's go live in the past. 
All right, acknowledgement that today is Columbus Day. Actually, I give Eric props because Eric sent me a copy. It's a, Ray had sent me a copy, but Eric had also sent me a copy. Ray does this really cool thing about showing some things about the spirituality elements of Columbus, which you'll never hear about in the news. They don't care. I mean, that's not the thing they care about. But today is Columbus Day. What is it? In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Was that, that's not the, the rhyme? Something like that. Uh, so today would be in that day that he came across America and— uh, I mean, look at without that, there are no cheeseburgers. <laughs> just, just consider that for a second. No cheeseburgers. How can it be? All right. All right. That's uh, the first thing. All right. We got somebody there calling in on the trivia. We'll have them uh, give them a chance to say something in a minute. The other thing it is today is it's Thanksgiving in Canada Day. And I want to say something about this because Norman, now I went to to camp in Algonquin Park. So I'm, you know, I used to live in Michigan, went to camp in Algonquin Park, uh, kind of familiar with that whole uh, uh, genre. I did not know this. I thought this was amazing. Thanksgiving in Canada, 2021. In 1957, the Parliament of Canada proclaimed a day of general thanksgiving to Almighty God for the bountiful harvest for which Canada had been blessed. That's just super, super great. They're not like that now, but I'm just saying that I thought that was cool. Now, the other thing that's cool for those that don't know, today is National Sausage Pizza Day, and anything that has the word pizza in it gets a big yay. I mean, come on, right? It's got pizza with, I don't care. I'm okay with it. I'm just saying. All right, last uh, three things. There are two things, and then we will uh, uh, get the caller. Uh, one, 1975, this was the first premiere day of the show Saturday Night Live, which means in 1975, on, on October 11th, it was a Saturday. It's Monday Night Live. <laughs> it's Monday Night that's hysterical it's monday night live with your host uh 1984 the first space walk by an american woman took place on this day and this one i bet you don't you didn't know ready 1983 the first oh sorry the last hand cranked hand crank telephone call the last hand crank Magneto telephone call was made by Bryant Pond, uh, the telephone company in the Bryant Pond, Maine. It was the last time a crank was ever used. Isn't that just like the who would know? How do you know that? See, I always ask questions like that. How do you? Who would you? Do you go around and take everybody's crank phone from them? Oh, last thing. Uh, fi- flight airline in-flight meals, first one ever on this day in 1919. I bet it tastes. Just the same as they taste now. Probably is from 1919. That's my theory. Somebody ready to answer the trivia question? This is David. Who am I talking to? It's Paul, David. How's it going? I'm doing fine. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. That's what I love to hear. I'm glad that you're doing wonderful. Yeah. All right. Now, th- yeah. this trivia question, I love it because... In the the conversation that takes place in Hebrews in regards to uh, Jesus, in this connection between that and this trivia question. So let me ask you the question. I'll give you a chance to answer. Uh, God said, your brother's blank is calling out to me. What, what was he talking about? Blood. That is correct, Amanda. 
Blood. Falling out from the ground. Right. And what's amazing about that, two unbelievable things. One, that just tells you that people speak after they're dead, right? Because his blood was crying out to God. And then two is the comparison in Hebrews where it says the blood of Jesus cries out something better than the blood of Abel. And it's like that's because yeah. Jesus cries out forgiveness. And it's like, it's just like, oh, that's so cool that they make that analogy and that connection. Excellent job. Did, yeah. you, did you know that right away? All right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Good job, bro. That yeah. is great. Well, good to hear from you. Y'all have a good day. All right. Thank you, bro. God bless. Right, bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Okay. We did that. We did that. Everything else done? I got to do a whole big portion, so just bear with me, okay? Because I, I got to get through this or I'll, you'll get mad at me. All right. It says this. This is Ezra talking to God. You promised that if we avoided these things, that we would become a prosperous nation. You promised that we would enjoy good produce of the land and leave this prosperity to our children as an inheritance forever. What he's talking about when he said you promised is in that prior verse we had already mentioned, it says, uh, the Lord said, you know, quite clearly, he says, you told us not to let our daughters marry their sons and not to let our sons marry their daughters and not to help those nations in any way. These are the nations that were against Israel. And then Ezra goes on to say, you told us if we avoided them, if we avoided them, that we would become prosperous. Okay. The way that you get things going between you and God in that one element of you know being blessed or not is doing what God tells you to do. It's not overly complex. If you read Leviticus, everybody knows about there's a whole chapter on blessings and a whole chapter on cursings. The blessings all come because you do what God says to do. The cursings all come because you don't do what God says to do. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. And so the Lord comes into our lives and he has us to, he wants us to do things and walk certain ways. And if we do, there's you know blessing, he'll be behind us and help us. And then there's things that we're not supposed to do. If we do those things, we're setting ourselves up for our own failure. Now, does that mean as a Christian you won't get saved? No, you'll be saved. I mean, God's really good at the saving business. And as has been spoken before, Jesus is a better savior than you are a sinner. So that's a good thing. But when you're engaging with God, the way to be a successful Christian is not to make a million dollars, not to plant a thousand churches, not to do miracles or anything. The way that you please God is to do what he tells you to do. So in the garden, they had this opportunity. Okay, well, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. You guys can, uh, you know, uh, see, there's horses. You guys can, like, do races and stuff like that. Anything you want to do. See this one tree right here? See this tree? Don't eat the fruit. <laughs> this is the one command. It wasn't like there wasn't other opportunity. They could have done a ton of things. But this is one thing I don't want you to do. What's the one thing they did? The one thing that God didn't want them to do. What did that do? Resulted in spiritual and physical death. God puts things before you and I, and you know, and there's no point in trying to dodge under this, we live in forgiveness, so we we stand in the grace of God. But there are times where you're walking, and you know the Lord's like, you shouldn't do that. And you know what the real response is? You're right, Lord, I should not do that. And then not do that, okay? Not, you're right, Lord, I shouldn't do that. But you're full of forgiveness, so I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) Okay, that's not how you do that. 
if you really love the Lord, and I suspect all of you do, when the Lord tells you to do something or not to do something, do that or don't do that. Whatever he's telling you to do, do what God tells you to do. And people, they get upset. Well, everybody should follow this or everybody should follow this. No, they shouldn't. That's not even how it is in anywhere in Scripture like that. I mean, I mean, people were sent in different directions. They had different territories. They did different things. But do what God tells you to do. If the Lord tells you to witness to somebody, I know that, that fear can really stop that up. Witness anyway. Push past that fear. Do what the Lord tells you to. If the Lord tells you don't approach that person, you know what you should do? Not approach that person. Just do what the Lord tells you to. And Ezra goes, you know, if we just would have done what you said, we'd have been a prosperous nation. We would have enjoyed good produce in the land. We'd have been able to leave this stuff to our kids. We would have had everything we were longing to have, we would have had, if we just would have avoided the things that you told us to avoid. And so as he's confessing, he's acknowledging for the nation, yeah, we're doing some things that are bad, God, and it's not right. And we need your forgiveness as a nation. Now, I, I don't know about you guys. I pray for forgiveness yeah, pretty much every day. I mean, I, I don't know if I spend five minutes or ten minutes. Or long, but I, I spend enough time trying to acknowledge everything that I do wrong. But I don't spend as much time praying for forgiveness for our nation. And we have a lot of sins. Now, we have a lot less sins than many nations. But we got a lot, lot more sins than others. It's like, all right. Well, I would like our nation to be prosperous. I would like to be able to know that my kids and my grandkids are going to have something awesome like I had when I grew up. But the only way that's going to happen is if we are more obedient and responsive to God. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Not blessed is the nation who acts like they're their own God. Right? I mean, that's fair. So that's all I'm saying. And so in Ezra, we're gonna he comes into this one last part that we'll deal with next. But I think what he's communicating is, you know, you give us these commands. It's not like they're all that hard. We're just really rebellious, and we don't do the things that we're supposed to do. Please have mercy on us and let us do the right things that please you. Okay? All right. All right. Uh, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Going to take a short break, then come back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. 
To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Let me uh, say something really important. I want to give a big uh, crying send-off to my good friend for seven and a half years, Lefty. Lefty has uh, today... I know, I'm so sad. Lefty has actually left uh, the place of honor that's been with me for the last seven and a half years doing radio. Lefty was my one-eared headset my uh, headset that I would listen to. Yesterday, towards the end of the show, the circuitry in the very complex $19.95 multiple years ago headset decided it could no longer endure, and we had to put it to rest today. So now I have a much more expensive but really on sale from Amazon, so got it for a smoking deal headset. But it has two ears, so one of the ears is behind my head. <laughs> and uh, I haven't given this one a name yet. <laughs> it's got like one ear, but it's a, I don't know. Yeah. But let everybody say goodbye to Lefty. Bye, Lefty. Bye. All right. There you go. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station. That's KAAM, the truth station, right here in Texas. Get ready for our next trivia question. It's a good one, okay? Especially because I just found it. What sin, this is a really, you really got to think about this. What sin was Jesus condemning? in his parable about the Pharisee and the tax collector who went and prayed before the Lord. What sin was Jesus condemning? Remember the tax collector beat his breast, wouldn't even look up. He's telling this story. The Pharisee did it kind of differently. What sin was he condemning? Oh, Joy, I didn't even get to finish the question. <clears throat> joy already hit that. That's arrogant. Well, boy, Al's right in there, too, but you guys are just killing it. Okay, fine. Go ahead. That's right. Uh, we're going to skip the Hebrew-Greek word thing because I just feel like skipping it. Is that, is that all right? Is that all right? You all right with that? I'll allow it. Okay. You got. I got to check with Chris now, although he agrees with me. Anything with pizza, right? I mean, come on. Anything with pizza. Oh, I just did a Marco Rubio thing. I take a, took a sip of, uh, of tea while I was on live on the air. Ooh. Anyway... Uh, okay, let me read this portion. So, uh, trivia question: What was it that? So you had the fair Jesus telling a story about the Pharisee and then the tax collector, and that tax collector is like, I can't even look up. Uh, so, what was the sin that he was condemning when he was teaching that? That's what we're looking for. So, uh, you guys are doing a great job on that. I think somebody's calling in to answer. Uh, last segment's going to be really good, so it's okay. We got somebody who's going to answer? Okay, ready? All right, let's fire away. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is Mary. Hi, Mary. How are you? Well, I'm doing fairly well. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, doing, I'm doing fairly well today. Good. 
So I'm glad I, to hear that. So you're you're back on the on the radio, and I uh, I guess you came back on on Friday. Thursday. Actually, I came in Thursday, but I was a little wounded, so the show may have come off a little bit like you probably wished it was recorded. <laughs> oh well, I, you know, I don't know. Now Thursday, I go to Bible study. Oh so, yeah, there you um, go. yeah. So I miss you on Thursday, but I, I, I sort of got you late on Friday because mm-hmm. Friday's one of those days when I have company, and then I, I, uh, and, and things. Just it's an upside down day. Anyway, uh, so I'm glad you're back. That's Thank praise you. the Lord for that. That that shows that the Lord really does hear our prayers and answers them. Yeah, that's exactly right. That everybody's prayer. I mean, the recovery it's much speedier than it's supposed to be. So I have a doctor's appointment actually Friday, and I'm kind of curious as to where he's going to go with it because I'm do you know. I don't know that he's going to have me do as much therapy as I thought because I'm already doing therapy. <laughs> I'm already, I'm oh, already doing yeah. it. I think he's going to go, okay, therapy. okay. He's going to probably oh, tell me to slow okay, down. Well, we'll see. All right. All right. Imagine. Now, now, trivia-wise, do you know, remember when Jesus told that story? He tells the story about the Pharisee and then the then the tax collector. They're both in the temple, and the Sadducee, or sorry, the Pharisee is praying one way, and the tax collector's beating his, his chest. Do you remember what sin Jesus was condemning when he was telling that story, the difference between the two? Well, I think it's pride. That is exactly correct. It's pride, it's arrogance. It's hypocrisy. Any of those would be accurate. Pride would be the first one that you'd probably list. But there's an arrogance to it. There's a hypocrisy, like he's super spiritual, whatever the case may be. And all of those in that entire they're all the wrong spirit to come in with. You don't come before the Lord arrogant. You don't come before the Lord with hypocrisy, especially because he knows everything. And then you don't come before the yeah. Lord with pride. It's like you come before, you humble yourself. Even if prayer is a dependency upon God. That's what it is. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. There you go. Okay. Well, that's okay. Well, I'll be listening, and the Lord continue to bless you, and um, hope that leg heals quickly, and you get on to your therapy. You're going to have to have therapy. I know that you're going to be, he's going to be having you bend at your knee. Yeah, Ooh, I know. I know. Thanks summer. a lot, Mary. <laughs> 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 He's going to have you bend your knee. Ha ha, Dave. Ha ha. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, well, anyway, nothing, nothing like telling the truth. <laughs> That's good the truth. You. It's going to hurt. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good job, uh, Mary. <laughs> Great work. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. God bless. Okay, we'll, we'll be listening. Uh, Goodbye. Okay. Bye-bye, Mary. She's so great. I love Mary. Mary's awesome. All right. Listen to this end portion. You know, I, I teach on this. I have. To, I told you I'd teach it, so I'm teaching on it, right? Now, if I could cherry pick the teaching, I would. Okay? I mean, but I, I, I'm not. I haven't been given permission to do that, so I, I'm not, right? Uh, so you're just to do what he says than to not do what he says. But this last portion would have been the part that I cherry-picked because this is the part that I like the most. <clears throat> this is what Ezra says to God. He said, Now we are being punished because of our wickedness and our great guilt, but we have actually been punished 
far less than we deserve. For you, O oh God, have allowed us, some of us, to survive as a remnant. Now, it is here that Ezra, it's here where, oh, I love this. He, he gets it better than most of us get it. He's simply just saying, first of all, you're judging us, but you're not even judging us the way that we deserve to be judged. Because if you judged us the way we deserve to be judged, there wouldn't even be a remnant left. That's the nice way to say if God gave you and me what we deserve, then after we first ever in our lives stuck our fist up to heaven and say, no, I'm not going to follow you, that he didn't turbo you out of existence is amazing grace and mercy. Because you and I and everybody else on the planet are entitled to nothing. There is nowhere in any <clears throat> don't there's no point in bringing up politics or anything. Nobody is entitled to anything from God, let alone the next breath you take. Every breath is a gift from God, and people are like, "Well, no, I I, I deserve this. I, you don't deserve the second you sin." All any deservedness you've ever had shot out the window forevermore. And the fact that you even got to live another day is God being merciful and not judging you according to what you deserve. After all, he's perfect. And he considers breach of perfection a moral debt. And you, oh God, he doesn't owe you. It's like, ah. And Ezra says it so wisely. He, the way he says it, he says, We have actually been punished far less than we deserve, for you, O oh God, have allowed some of us to survive. That's the way you say, we've been punished far less than we deserve because we're still living, and God doesn't have to let us still live. People are like, well, he's got to do what I say his word says. <laughs> Notice how I threw that in there? It doesn't say that. God will be faithful to his word, but not according to what you and I say. He'll be faithful to his word according to him. Okay? Do you have somebody that wants to pop on as a question or some comment? Or Okay. All right. Fire away. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Annika. Hi, Annika. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, I just wanted to say quickly, very thank, very much thankful for listening to your shows online for past shows um, because I've I've learned something. Um, it got me looking into the Bible, and in this particular case, I was in the Message translation, and at the end of Romans uh, nine. It was talking about why Israel missed it, and I found that it was really applicable to self when I substituted um, myself in place of Israel, because it was talking about how, um, in the way that they said, it said that uh, they took over, Israel took over. That's how they missed it. They were absorbed in what they themselves were doing, and they were so absorbed in their God projects that they didn't notice God right in front of them. And I have to say that it was listening to your um, other programs online 
where something got said and it caught my attention. And so when I was reading, I caught this. So I'm looking forward to uh, reading other translations and comparing and, and see, you know, how it's stated that I I didn't catch it that way before, but majorly going to be something it's going to take me a long time to (laughs) absorb and apply for the rest of my days because it's like, ooh, I really see myself in that. That's awesome. So what's so amazing is that when the Lord starts to show you something, and just what you said, because show you something and you're like, okay, I see this enormous picture, but I am stepping one inch inside of it because it's so intense. I got to understand this. And it's like you're, you're applying it forever, and it ever grows. It's like it keeps getting bigger and powerful. Yeah, and I yeah, love exactly. that, though. Yeah, but it just never gets old. It just gets deeper and deeper exactly. and amazing. But um, exactly. you were very instructive. And I thank you. Your unique way of teaching really reaches uh, me and my husband. That's a we blessing. We really appreciate you. That is such a blessing to hear, and I really appreciate you calling and sharing that. And I'm glad that's the the case that. You know, especially if you're listening to an older show or so when we're doing a replay, I mean, you wanna you want it to you want it to do something good. You know, you want it to be a blessing in some some fashion, some way. And boy, it sounds like you got a lot out of that. I love that you substituted yourself for Israel. That's a great idea for people when they're reading. Is put yourself there and put yourself in that passage. That's a and great just way. And just gave me a key piece of information as to why it was stuck in a certain area. It was like, yep. wow. Excellent. Excellent. So thanks so much. Uh, God bless you. Thank you so you much. You bet. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What a way to end the show. That's just fantastic. And I don't have to send her any money. <laughs> okay. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. 22 and a half hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Just as I am, The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.